Hey everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, now on iTunes, Spotify. And if you like what you hear, do us a favor, leave us a five-star review, give us a give us a comment. Uh, we really appreciate it. We're starting to get some real good traction with our podcast, so thank you very much. Uh, today we're going to discuss the core four lifts and ways that we can augment these and expand upon them. So... I think the first order of business is to technically grasp and practice the core four, uh, the core four lifts. And, you know, by the core four, what we mean is the bench, the deadlift, the squat, the overhead press. But you've really got to master those first before you move on. So there's there's variations to the core four. There's uh, Each core four lift has five variations. So why don't we have Marty kind of dive into that and tell us about the variations. Hello. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we're minimalist and have been. So uh, it's uh, we have a limited menu of exercises that we use, but since we've been doing them for <clears throat> so long and in, in such depth, you get very good when you do fewer things better. Uh, squat, bench, dead, Overhead press, the, the fifth lift that we would include would be the power clean because we love explosive Olympic lifting, and the power cleans the, uh, I don't know, what do you call it, Jimmy, the entry-level drugged uh, Olympic lifting? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's the first explosive exercise you should learn. Yeah, So, uh, but of the core four, yeah, we have five variations of each one in the squat. Uh, you know, we want you to technically learn how to do a correct, no weight squat uh you know once you master that you we like the goblet squat the goblet squat kind of forces you to um, attain and maintain the correct squat posture which we consider vertical shins upright torso all leg our squats are all about legs um and this makes it as difficult as possible we uh, in full range of motion, of course. So anyway, uh, of the five variations of the squat would be the no weight, the goblet. Then from the goblet, you would change tools and go to the barbell front squat. Only after you've mastered those three are you allowed to go to the high bar barbell back squat. Only after you master the barbell high bar do you get to go to low bar. Everybody, of course, jumps in at low bar when they have no previous training, and that's why squatting is an excuse for bending forward right jimmy yep that's right and, by the way you've got some really good demo videos on youtube that are only a few months old uh that you did at the pole barn and you you break down the different variations and things to yeah. exactly what you're talking about so yeah i'm not i don't we don't need to go through all five variations of the remaining no. three but you see that we have great detail we've got uh highly specific sequences it's like right. you know, do not link into the other that's right. yeah, do not collect two hundred dollars do not pass go whatever until you know you until you master this you don't get to go to that well you know what's funny is uh especially when we train the special ops guys yeah. the goblet's the most difficult the goblet is the one that takes the most out of them that's because they're a bunch of stiff ass bitches <laughs> and, and you know what i discovered was you know Ten years ago, when we first started, I started getting around you. The goblet's the best warm up you can do for a squat, also. And and uh, but yeah, they have a lot of difficulty with it. And but it teaches you exactly what we want to teach them in order to go to the next next uh, exercise. 
And if you would look at the great squatters in history, look at Naba, from, you know, at 123 from Japan, uh, Mike Bridges at 181, uh, you know, uh, 98, who, Ed, right? Uh, Kirk, uh, Furness, all the great squatters, they have a technical similarity. They have vertical shins. Their torsos are upright because the poundage is so heavy. You can't do the bend forward stuff when you have 900 pounds in your back. It just doesn't work that way. You have to stay upright and vertical, you know, and you have to be like a, a crane or a hoist or, a, or an auto jack, right? Straight up, straight down and pray. Right, because it's so damn heavy and it's so past your capacity, but you've got so much psych and so much experience under your belt that you can will your body to do what it's not capable of. Now, not to get off topic, get back on topic. Once you master the core four, then the question becomes, okay, now what? Right. What do you do? Um, Yeah, you've got the core four down. You've exhausted that vein. You want to augment how do you augment? What are the what other exercises can you add to the basics? And and we are lucky because Steele is the master of this. Uh, Jimmy, how long were you at Penn? Twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Sounds like a jail sentence, doesn't it? <laughs> and I coached for thirty. <laughs> no parole. It's like I federal. No parole in federal. Yeah, I got out on parole after thirty. <laughs> but anyway, Jim is the. The, the boss when it comes to, all right, now we got the basics down. Okay, what do we do? So what do we do? Yeah, I mean, so what you want to do with the, you know, when you, like, just for example, with the squats, so you got your variations that, you know, each variation leads to basically a more um, advanced variation. And then you want to decide or think about what are your weak points. So if you're squatting, you know, you've moved on to the low bar squat, but you know, your low back is just not taking the, the weight very well. You know, even though you're trying to squat upright, you still got to get that bar over the middle of your foot. So there is some there is some low back involvement. Then you, you say to yourself, okay, well, you know, I need to do some research here. Well, how do I get my low back stronger? That's when you go to these adjuncts like like good mornings, like uh, weighted hypers. Um, you know, people get a lot out of reverse hypers. I never did it. Maybe my back felt like it's falling off, but some people love that. You know, you want to get that. You want to go from very, uh, you want to get to specific, right? On breaking down what's going to help you. Um, so m- muscles specifically, as opposed to muscle groups. Yeah. So you, yes. So you want to you want to figure out weak points and then isolate those weak points and figure out the exercise. It does it. Now, good mornings have tons of hamstring involvement. They have a lot of upper back involvement. Great, because that's what we're we're doing in the squat. Also, well, also it depends on. I mean, we can we can really uh, split the pie here <clears throat> because when you talk good mornings, are you talking? Oh, even at Chalets, we had two specific types of good mornings that we yeah. would do, and and one would be yes, uh, uh, all hamstring, right? Because you're getting further forward right. with the weight, right? So become, but you have to use less weight. But then there's good mornings where it's like. Mm, Okay, how much can I do? Well, yeah. then it becomes like a low back thing, right? You get a little jolt going, yeah. Right. So, I mean, there's there's uh, variations with yeah. So, I got a lot out of seated good mornings. I did yes. tons of seated oh. good mornings when I was powerlifting. You seated know, good mornings. So I would sit on a bench, a regular you know competition bench, 
put the bar like I'm getting ready to bench press it, but then I would face the bar, get under it, scoop my butt back a little bit, and then start to do the good morning from there. So now that takes the hamstring out of it. Now, what kind of what kind of reps are you using? Yeah, in that? What kind of poundage? Uh, I'm powered. Uh, I think I did like 450 or something like oh, that. Oh, 450. Yeah. How many reps? How many reps you doing? I uh, never over five when you're powerlifting. <laughs> well, right, yeah. Five is like, woo, that's cardiovascular. Yeah. Five, I was like, damn, Ooh, yeah, that's right. Woo. Is it hot in here? Somebody else. Heart has rate. God darn. How's your back today? PHA. Oh, I've already had surgery, but I've been, I was, <laughs> but I was strong. It as was shit. worth it at the time. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Good mornings because I was sitting with Bill Starr one day and I was like, that's a question, coach. How low you go when you do good mornings? And he said, until you can look between your legs. Oh, oh. I was like, oh, man, I held my back right then. I just grabbed it. I grabbed my low back. right. Now. <laughs> I'd be back yeah. at 135. You weren't doing 450 like that, were you? No. Seated. Yeah, seated. Seated. Well, I mean, seated's going to cut your angle to like. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I, I, yeah, especially if you, how much were you weighing? Uh, two sixty-eight, two seventy. That's a lot of gut. Yeah, that's not much range of motion. No, it just it did exactly <laughs> what I needed it to do. <laughs> what else would you do? What other? Well, I, I, what, I was, what's the what's the yeah. second? What's the second concentric circle out from the core? What would you put in there? I would put a Romanian deadlift in there. Oh, okay. Dumbbell or barbell. Now, listen, people go way too heavy on Romanian deadlifts where it just almost becomes just like a half deadlift. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I start my kids, you know, when I was coaching the football team and all that at 135 to 185. Yeah. And I want you to think about anything else but your hamstrings, knees slightly bent, toes up, belly out, butt out. And if you're not feeling it in the hams, you ain't doing it. Right. So they should be able to, without a bar, do the RDL and feel it in your hamstrings. So if you do that, we talked about this last week. It's got to be light and precise. Right. Where your toes are up, you know, you pick that big toe up and set it down lightly, what we talked about last week. That's the same cue for Romanian deadlifts and maybe even more. So if you're going light enough, you'll see the kids actually have their toes off of the ground when they're doing it. Oh, I really feel it, coach. Oh, I really feel it. Yeah, yeah, well, they do, but but they're handling 165. Right. As opposed to three, as opposed to a bullshit 315. Right. And that just becomes all that does, in my opinion, is makes inroads into your recovery from the squat. So I don't want to do any of these exercises that screw up my main exercise. It's I understand that, but, but like, like, uh, would you throw uh, what arm work in at the second tier out? Oh well, I would say yeah. If you're talking second about concentric and circle and back and stuff like that, I would. Oh, oh, what I, other back? Let's stay with the back. What other? You yeah, love break rows. It down. You love rows. I know. Okay, so for the deadlift, I've always thought that the number one, uh, you know, exercise to improve your deadlift or you know to improve the weak points in your deadlift is a bent over row. Because right. you can do so many variations with it also. Uh, barbell or dumbbell? You know, what, what, for powerlifting, I like the barbell in my hands as much as possible. So uh, it's just like... When for, we, forward grip or Dorian grip? A double overhand. Double yeah. overhand. Yeah. Straps or no straps? Yeah, you can use straps, man. Yeah, yes. yeah yes. I love straps. I want to be able to get to the back. So, okay. Yeah. You know, every exercise has its weak link. What are the weak links in the bent over row? Your grip is number one. Take the grip out of the equation and let's go. Right. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing some sets. Okay, now I'm really working on my grip. Let me see if I can do 350 for a set sure. of three. Absolutely. Uh, 
I always have them go double overhand, then the hook grip, then straps. Yep. Now, uh, what kind of reps? Well, it depends what your goal is. If it's hypertrophy, you can go above five. If it's well, if what's it's, above five? Eleven, twenty-seven, six to twelve, <laughs> six to twelve. Okay. And you know, a good way to do that is twelve, ten, eight, six, four, something like that. Now you're getting everything. Twelve, ten, six. Twelve, ten, eight, six, four. Twelve, ten, eight, six. Yeah. Yeah, and now you're getting both. You know, the best of both worlds there. You know, you finish mm-hmm. with a really balls out set of four. But you're getting some muscle growth from some time. Well, on. you're you're for if you're doing everything before it, a hundred percent, you ain't gonna have a lot left. That can't be a hundred percent. Well, what do you do? Well, what do you put them at? Is is the whole goal to have a good four at the end? If of I'm everything? trying to get my deadlift up. I'm not even coming close to failure on anything. Even I'm on, saying, even on this, the four. This week I'm doing three twenty five for four. Mm-hmm. Next week I'm doing three thirty five for four. Four. Then, you know, that's that's the. I like that. Four. Strength template. You know. Like four, not three, not five. Four. Jim, Jim, if you're not going to failure at four, how many? How many do you figure you still got left in the tank? One. You always leave one or two. Just one. Power lifting. Okay. Getting strong. Always leave one or two. Always leave Mul- one or two. Multiple sets or just one, and move on. Uh, well, it depends on the exercise. With the bent over row, I mean, it'd be multiple sets. Yeah. Oh, with the static weight. It you know, would change it. So, I, so let me. I got this doctor I chain out of Baltimore, and every every Sunday after he does his deadlift, he does bent over rows. Sometimes I'm like, I want these to be heaving, yeah. right? With um, yeah, for right sets, on for five sets of three. Some days I'm like, I want you to take you know, uh, uh, you know, fifty to sixty percent of what you can do, and we're, now we're doing four sets of twelve. And you know, I just keep all four sets of twelve, something like that, and that would be static, and then. But for the five set of three, I want him to finish with a top triple, you know. Five threes. Okay, you're working up to one big one. Right. And if you say static, three. Now that's heavy. Yeah. So, so one, one time when I was training for this meet, I was going to do, I did everything raw, just a singlet. And, uh, but I knew, so I was squatting three days a week. And I knew that if I deadlifted more than once, once in a while, my squat would go down, right? I would overtrain this whole thing. So what I did was about every 10 days, I pulled 555 for a single and that was it. But after I squatted, I did heavy ass bent over rows, five sets of three. Barbell or dumbbell? Barbell. Okay. And I came off of that five. Probably probably really strong, right? Yeah, I was pretty strong. I came off that, I came off that five, uh, 555 deadlift. I didn't go over 555, 672 in the meet. 672 just from squatting you know we talk about this all the time you keep your squat up your deadlift will stay up if, oh my God. If you, must have, you must have fell in love with yourself that was great just pull that five but then go heavy on the bent overs yeah i got Damn. a question i got a question what did you weigh i was in a 275 pound class on that it wasn't okay. my strongest but I, I felt pretty good that's when i did the 600 with just a singlet on a usps yeah, 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 yeah. Good on the squad, on the squad. Yeah, yeah. that was always my goal. I wanted to do six hundred. And Robert Keller always said, he, "Remember Robert Keller?" Oh yeah. Oh, I'm going to do that in the meet. Never did it unless he's done. Nah, of course not. I don't think so. <laughs> hey Jim, question on these second tier exercises here. We're talking about for, so, like, say for back, um, are you are you limiting it to like maybe one um, second tier exercise after 
your core exercise, or will you mix it up and mix in maybe two or three different exercises? I, I like one. I mean, I like one with multiple. Just one. Sets. Now, yeah. will you will you do the same one next time, next workout, or will you switch it off? Uh, I would say three to four weeks of hitting a the same um, like max triple, like three twenty five, yeah. three thirty five, three forty five, three fifty five. Okay, now I'm going to go back down. Now I'm going to do five sets of five instead of five sets of three, or maybe I'll go five sets of two or seven sets of two, something like that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're for, for pure is my, you know, about, about the powerlifting stuff or just getting your numbers up. I don't know if a lat pull or a one arm row helps your deadlift, get your numbers up. However, what I always told all the football players and every, every athlete I train is, okay, we're, we're building a suit of armor now. Right. And so in their case, it was for taking that contact on the field, but in a power lifter or just a lifters, uh, um, the way they're thinking is that is pre- pre- uh, preventing me from injuries. I'm shoring up any weak points that I may have. So right. does it help? Yes, indirectly. No question it helps the main lift. But it's also preventing injuries by not having glaring weaknesses in body parts. Right, right. Talk about what you would do for chest. Well, wait. Let me just say this one one very quick thing. Doug Furness once told me that, that the one mistake that he made was that he didn't train hamstrings. Yeah. And that ended his pro football career. He yeah. repeatedly, when he went to Denver, uh, after he, he was a starter for three years at Tennessee on the same team as Reggie White and Willie yeah. Galt, <clears throat> went to the damn Sugar Bowl or something. I mean, this was a, uh, he was a, a great athlete, but all he ever did was squat. Yeah. And his deadlift was sumo. All leg, right? So he never developed the the hamstring, and he was a, a tremendously fast guy. But he, by the time he got to the pro level, he was repeatedly and chronically pulling hamstrings, and bang, that was the end of that. So, yeah, uh, again, hamstrings critically important muscle. How about calves? What do you, I mean? What do you what do you do for those before? Uh, let's stay with legs before we move on. I mean, what what would you recommend as the the, the, really, this is the first tier for calves. Yeah, the best exercise would be donkeys, in my donkeys. opinion. Why? Donkey calves. Um, why? Well, I think it hits the gastric more than any other. I think I don't know. I don't know why it works better than a standing calf for your gastrics. I just See, know. I think it's. I think how, do you, focused, it, how do you do that? Do you do that with a machine? I mean, uh, I mean somebody's sitting on your hips. Oh my god! Like, He's got uh, about five girls piled on his back right pictures of arnold jesus christ no he has one big fat guy on his back (laughs) backwards no we can't do that what's next standing calf (laughs) standing calf then leg press calves how about seated calves yeah Yeah, good i mean I, i think the the gastric you know really developing the gastric looks better with the donkeys and the and the uh, standing, but yeah, you can alternate seated in there. I never got, I, I just never felt the seated like I did the donkeys, but you know, I was always doing 150 reps. Yeah. Wow. You know, you know on lot. some of this. At, in one set? No, no, no. Five sets of 30, 30 sets of 30. Oh, you got to get, you got to get 150. 30. 150. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. I think you got to punish the calves, man. I mean, you're yeah, walking. I think you're right. All day you long. Do. You're never stretching them. It, 
you know, some of this you're limited to the equipment you have too. I know at my gym, I mean, the, the way it, the, the seated calf is towels, it doesn't have, you know, it's got all kinds of problems. Well, you should have seen what went on today. It, we'll talk about that another time. But, but my calf machine, the seated calf, you have to assert got, yourself. It's got the angled platform. It's got the uh, the aluminum diamond plate uh, for the for the foot uh, plate there. Yeah, that's all worn smooth. And they used to have grip tape on it. And I've tried for a year to get. I'm ready to go buy my own grip tape. Uh, and I can't do them anymore on that machine because my feet slide with each oh. rep. And I'm and if you're stretching at the way at the bottom. Which you and, should, and and which you should, and you're coming up, your feet just start sliding down. So I, I say, no. you know what? F this. I go over to the leg press. We have this nice yeah. linear bearing, forty five degree leg press that I get a great stretch. It's got a rubber platform on it, and I just blast the hell out of my calves. Well, but, just start with that damn thing. Yeah, but sometimes you're limited to the equipment too. So that was my no, point. Not, not my gym. Well, I need to start training over there. Oh, yeah, we'd fix you right up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have so, to train my calves too hard, uh, thankfully. Yeah, yeah, with a lot, so much of it is three is sets. Genetic. I tell you what, sets a week say, and I got 20s, pow. I have, I have the worst calves in the history of calves, <laughs> but I tell you, it is a critically important exercise as you age. So many people, it's the simplest of all progressive resistance exercises. Get on a stair step, sink down, go all the way up on your toe like Barishnikov, right? Mm -hmm. Hold it for a beat, stretch back down. Now you've got the inside, the middle, the outside, right? And that helps so much for mobility and stability. And it also, you do a a bunch of good calf raises like that, and it um, alerts your central nervous system. It's the easiest way to, like, turn the ignition on. My dog is barking in the background. Be quiet over there. I'm making a profound point. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what you see in the gyms is, People not getting that stretch at the bottom. Oh, they, they do these little partials in the no, middle with a no, bunch of weight. Ego training. Yeah, training. with a bunch of yelling to draw attention to me. Whoa, 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 I'm such an animal. <laughs> Where your toes actually come up, you know, when you're stretching, you know. Well, they couldn't do one-third of the weight the way that you – I mean, the whole thing is in the stretch at the bottom. And then at the top, you've got to go further than you think you can on every rep. And that mounts up quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like abs and forearms, it's you got to burn the heck out of it, you know. Well, that's what Zane Frank Zane says. Now your your set begins when you start to feel the burn. That's what uh, we'll that, the, the yeah. calves yeah. is one of those things that you have to have your mind right to train the calves correctly because it's you painful. have to mentally work through the burn. Yeah, and keep that's, going. And- and forms they 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 are yeah. very similar because they both have that dense muscle tissue because they're used every day 
every time you write a check, every time you use the keyboard, every time you move your hands, you use your forms. Every time you walk, every time you step, every time you run, you use your calves. They have dense muscle tissue that requires, classically, higher reps in order to stimulate. Now, having said that, most people that genetically have good calves also have genetically good forms. You look at the Menser brothers. That's a Yates. great, great example. Dorian Yates, one set of calves. Dorian, yeah. That, that guy had that guy had the. I mean, I went to lunch with him a couple years ago, and you know he was in shorts. And I was like, God damn! Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they looked like unreal, right? And it was like, and he's like, yeah, I don't do anything for him. I said, yeah, of course. Yeah, Yates didn't do any forearm work. He had nineteens, nineteen-inch yeah. forearms. Yeah, yeah, Not but his, his arms were a little subpar for a pro. Okay, yeah, yeah. be honest. I mean, I consider him a friend, but I'm just saying. No, if, yeah, if you were right. to point out a weak point, not his necessarily his triceps, but his biceps, and uh, don't even well, I don't even want to talk about it after he had the tear. You know, it's funny because uh, when you have that happen, you know, like my forearms blow up before my biceps. You have to discover <laughs> bicep exercises to do that that isolate those biceps a lot more. You know, preacher curls, yeah, um, things like that. That that and and take the weight and drop it way down. My son, he's yeah. skinny little arms. He's like, oh, Dad, your arms are good and whatever. But I was just like, yeah. But until I started using lighter weights, I never could get through my forearms. Yeah, biceps. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you have to swallow the ego. Yeah. And if you if it's not in the targeted muscle, it's you're not doing it. Yeah. And, and, and for isolation movements, right? If you're doing lateral raises and you're not feeling it in your shoulders in real time, that's problematic. And you see it all the time. You can tell the guys like, oh, what's the guy who's got the forty five on either side of an easy curl bar? Right, and he's doing reps, but really they're front raises. Yeah, yeah. He's doing curls. And front delts. Right. But if you look at the angle between his forearms and his biceps, it never moves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of a heave forward and kind of a front rate moves, movement, right? Yeah. So anyway. Now, further out, you even have, well, what other good exercises would you put in yeah, the that was, second concentric circle? Yeah, that was yeah, back. Gotta, are, are you done with back? Well, and, and legs. Yeah, I mean, you got you got the leg extension, you got the leg press, you got the lunges, you have the. Oh, do, uh, do you, have, you guys do lunges? Yeah, I, I don't. Well, no, to me personally, no, no, me personally, no. Now, when I was when I was younger, I did a lot of reverse lunges, and what, uh, what do you think about the one leg stuff? As far as helping my squat, it does. Well, I don't know. It's just as far as like, I mean, do you think it deserves a uh, place in the training regimen or the le- leg training. Yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're, or we talked to, to Phil Wagner the other day about yeah. this and it was, um, you know, you notice a weak point as, as an athlete, I, I would say no question that the one leg has a, has a, uh, has a place in it. So um, like so train, train, train one and then train the other. And then Phil Wagner had a very, uh, interesting approach though. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had kind of an I, guess, I don't know if it's new it sounded new to us I guess but uh, you know if you're if you're dominant on one side of you know on one on one leg 
We um, all are. We all are. We, we, pretty much, yeah. If, if, Every if, human if you is dominant yourself, one side, except, except Flex Wheeler and Sergio Oliva <laughs> and Sonny was... Liston and Muhammad Ali and Jim Brown and Will Chamberlain. But Wagner was saying the dominant side, train the dominant side and the, the weak side, but on the weaker side, you want to do more reps. Yeah, you don't want point, to do it. Why are we doing the same stuff well, for, for the weak as the strong, you know? If, if you do even Steven, the it, strong side wins. It, yeah. It's No, it stays. Yeah, it <laughs> stays ahead better. of the game. Well, whatever. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You're, the weak, you're not bringing the weak guy up. Right. Yeah. yeah. But just the I way he put that was interesting. You know, here's an example. So there's this one special forces guy that I'm helping. And when he jumped on the Sparta track, it showed that um, his his hamstrings or really his posterior chain was a little bit behind. And what really helped that go up was the split squat with your foot elevated behind you. And the reason being is split squat with your foot. Uh, then is he holding a weight? Yeah, you can either have a barbell in the front. You got a front squat. No, where, where, where do you have them? Have I mean, now, all right. So, how does the split squat thing go? Okay, so you're facing away from the bench. It's just it's uh, you put your let's say you put the top of your right what's, foot on the bench. Behind what's the you. tool? Is it a barbell? A dumbbell? There's three tools. You can use dumbbells. You can use. What do you just squat. pick one? Pick one. Okay, Walk back me through. Barbell on your back. Barbell on your back. Well, okay, so so how do you, you clean it up there? No, you just take it off the squat rack. All right, so you step back from a squat rack. Step back, that's right. Step and back. There's a, and there's a bench behind you? Bench behind you, or it could be a so, block. Okay, so what do you do? So now you, you elevate that rear leg. Okay. Put your foot on the on that bench. How high do you have? What's the optimal height? Uh, well, just whatever the regular I, bench I, height is. No, 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 no. How high do you, how low do you want to dip that knee to optimally? Almost touching the ground. Almost no, touching the I mean, I'm, but I'm saying how deep is that oh upper thigh should be low be below parallel no oh. front thigh below parallel yeah okay that's a long way down buddy yeah that's why you don't have to use a lot of weight however Ooh. the beauty of it is you have to go slow or you'll fall over so that eccentric loading is what made this guy's score go back up again because he had to take it slowly right he had to, he had to make that 135 feel like 190 Right while can, he was can, doing it. Well, yeah. Can you tumble over while you're doing this? Well, you could, but you want to be yeah under control. Yeah. You know what? On this, you really got to master your own body weight first. And oh yeah, because it's a tough exercise. Get your yeah, form down, off, master your body weight. Stick. Kettlebell would be. I don't good know. Too. I don't know if I want a damn barbell on my back. <laughs> oh, it's not that bad. Oh bad. yeah, except when you fall over sideways and go. Damn, uh, God, why did I listen to steel? I've never seen it happen. <laughs> But, you know, like lunges and, and all that stuff, even like a side lunge. I think there's a place for all that stuff. Athletically, if somebody was going to uh, say a spot to go. Weighted or freehand? For the, oh, yeah, barbell on your back oh, on a side no, lunge. Or any, any of that stuff that you just talked about, do you, do, you, do you add to it with, you know, making it heavier? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we, yeah, I would start off somebody with around 45% of their body weight. 45, okay. Pretty light. Pretty light. It depends on, you know, how big they are, too. But um, and then, you know, five to 10 percent a week, you're going up while you drop a rep or maybe keep it the same. But some, how know, much some, of, how much of the training regimen would you devote to that? I mean, if you guys training what uh, I, 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 let's pick a guy he's training, what uh, hour and a half, 
three times a week. Okay, that's that's all he's got. What would you? Three sets. I would say like three sets. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. Because oh, we're not. Cool. We're, yeah. Okay, and, and just that. That would do it. Oh yeah, you know, you and I always talk about intensity over time, man. You want intensity, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. But, but that's a very. This is very subtle. This is like a power clean. This is like a very precision kind of lift, right? Yeah. Yeah, Jim, okay. you would do this. You would, point and shoring up that weak point using yeah. it. You yeah. would do the split squats after the barbell squats. Yeah. So the way it would work is I'd always do explosive stuff first. Yep. Compound lift second. Yep. And legged third. And then finish, and finish with that. And then what's after that? Well, if you if it's if your arms or triceps or whatever, you could do it that day or an abdominals. Or oh, you move on to a different body part. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, the, but the one the one legged stuff ends the leg workout. Right, makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. What about chest? Chest, most you know personally, close grip. I got the most out of a close grip bench, an incline bench, a two inch wider or two finger wider, two to three finger wider wide so grip bench. Also. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think to get stronger, the more you have that barbell. If I was going to compete in dumbbells, I would. Why would I go towards a barbell? I mean, you know what I mean. I, I just think the most time you spend using the implement you're going to compete with, um, specificity. It's the most sense. Yeah, right. Always be the most. That's that's what rules Olympic lifting. That's all they do. We oh we yeah, do, man. We watch the Bulgarians. Do, yeah, yeah. That's all we do. We do uh, four lifts. Uh, we do doubles and singles. That's it. See you later. Of course, yeah. they do it eight times a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So that'd be the leg stuff. So for, for chest, though, you're doing the different uh, variation oh. on grip. You're doing incline barbell, maybe. How about yeah. a uh, like a dumbbell fly? You like flies? No, if I was... If- for bodybuilding, yes. For yeah. powerlifting, no. I'm not taking a chance. Well, just just club. forget all of bodybuilding or powerlifting. How about if uh, you know your your kid was getting into it? What do you what would you would you throw flies in? I think I would. Flies are flies are, are great as far as a developer, but if you don't teach somebody you how do to do right. just You've right, to, and it's just it's to me anyway. Well, we all have our opinion. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, you're saying you like them or you don't. No, I do. I, I do, but I think yeah. my uh, philosophy is different than yours. Well, are you saying you would use it for what? Uh, enhanced flexibility. Okay. I want to I try to see them just relax and let that weight just rip them to the floor. I want to see that kind of flexibility, then re-engage and, and, and slowly grind it back up to the top. That, to me is the optimal isolation exercise after you've done all the, the, this is like the, you know, the creme brulee at the end of a wonderful dinner. It's the jimmies on top of the soft serve. Yeah, that's all it is. That's all it is. And if you're stuffed after you've eaten all that great food, forget it. You don't need it. But to me, at the end of the great meal, that's the way I do flies with a stretchy, relax. And I had, I had guys with a 550 bench screaming with a pair of 30s. Yeah. Go real light. 
It's all about yeah. form, all about and the stretch. No, it's all about the stretch, and they're tight as hell. And I'm going, now, relax. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm like some uh, mystic healer. Now, relax further. And they're going, ah. Like, who are, who are, Marty, who are you talking about that uh, the fly wrecked their career? Was that Mentor you were talking about? Mentor, Mike Fly. Yeah, Mike Mentzer tried to do a, a, a. He was a big fan of like super heavy kind of. Yeah, everything heavy, heavy duty. Also, he, also he was he was a like kind of an explosive kind of guy. I mean, he kind of rip it at the bottom of the rep, right? Yeah. And it was a, a a heavy incline dumbbell fly that ripped a, a upper pack on one side. I don't know which side, and that was the end of him as far as his bodybuilding career. And he never got it. I don't know if he. I don't know. It was. It was irredeemable. Yeah, and Platt tore his bicep doing it. But what what he was doing was way beyond failure, and he was into partials. Yeah, he a lot of partials. So like a set of twenty to failure, then force yeah. reps, then negatives, then partials. Yeah, 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 look at Thorian. Same thing. Yeah, how do you tear his? I don't know. It's oh, doing some some sort uh, some something some sort of. Reverse grip rows with four hundred five. Oh well, yeah, probably. Yeah, or four no four fifty five. Four fifty five. Yeah. What about you just gotta, you know, it's just like when you were, guys were training twice a week at chalets. Oh yeah. Thursday you throw in a couple sets of biceps, couple you know you couple sets of triceps, right? That, that the best was at Cassidy's. Okay. That's that's. At Chalet's, it was like, well, whatever, you know. But at Hughes, it was like, no, now we're going to do this. Okay. Right. And the boss let us through. And we would always do some serious biceps and triceps, always supersetted. And always that emphasis on perfect technique. No, that's stupid. That sucks. What are you doing? Right. That was the vibe. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And, you, you know, you got your facts learned that you were a weakling. Yeah. You know, when you saw Marshall Peck or, you know, or Joe Ferry, those guys, you know, I mean, it was, I mean, yeah, you, you, you got the pecking order straight. And it was like, if you're going to play at that level, you got to straighten out all those habits. We did that with Kirk. Kirk had a lot of bad habits when he came to us. He was a very borderline kind of lifter. And it's just like, you got to just knock the shit out of that. And just to, you take that ego hit. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, maybe I'm not as strong as I think I am. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, okay. And then, but you get to hang with the guys who are really strong and then you find their secrets and you go okay now i too am have graduated to that league right but you got to be accepted and got to move up make yeah. sure you don't i tell well anyway we'll get into it at a different time but we have a kirk story about that and we have lots of kirk stories <laughs> yeah we do definitely. tons <laughs> jim what about uh, shoulders and arms you want to talk about those uh, and then we'll kind of move on Yes. The adjunct to press, I would say. Any lateral. I, I love lateral raises. Yeah. We got You're, that one, uh, one of the guys that Marty and I train, and, and uh, when he goes on deployment, you know, he's using our program, and I have a lot of up the rack, down the rack, where you, you know, you start off with a set of 20, oh. then you go oh. you know, heavier than 15. Oh. And you go, oh. 
So one of them was doing lateral raises, and they were like, this is about the time we yell, F you, Steve. And they're, they're, they're serious. <laughs> I just, I think it, I think as far as injury prevention, sideways, front raise, rear raise, great development. Why great. not? If you have yeah. the time, if you have the time and the energy, Brian. Now, what is your technique, though? You you go heavy and no, uh, no. Like we were talking about, I think it was last week. It was yeah, last week. Thirty and 35, 30, 35 something like but that. Your, but I mean, you you pull them up high. No, just parallel to the ground, palm facing the ground. Uh, I try not to relax at the bottom. I want to mm-hmm. keep that tension. Right. So, you know, you come. Now, what's about- your rep range? 12s on that. I do. Oh, I, see, that's it right there. 12. Yeah. Do you twist oh. at the top or you just keep the, nah, the palms twist. down the whole time? Palms down. God. Are you exploding at the bottom or you're kind of grinding? Good, good. I would say it's halfway in between. I, I'm yeah. real I'm real wary of using too much momentum. Yeah. yeah. But I don't want any momentum. Joint. So, yeah. I mean, I, I love if you're. Um, when I do rear raises, and I, you guys have seen this, where you put your head on the incline bench, yep. so you can't cheat. Everybody cheats on rear raises. I'm like, that's not a rear raise. It's no, a it's not. Get your ass down. Um, lying on a lying on a bench, face down. Also, you know, you can do it like that. Um, I love the lateral raise machines that they have out there, man. Because if you think about it, um, all the way through the motion, you know, like a Nautilus or a Cybex, it's it's really really tough, you know. I do too. You know what? And I, what I find about the lateral raise machine is it doesn't affect my joints like the dumbbell does for some reason. Uh, it, it almost feels like it takes. I know it's not taking the joint out of it, but it it feels better to me. And you're yeah, you're in that defined um, uh, motion. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, you're it's uh, it, it really helps you um, contract and isolate that side delt and it to me it just feels better now once in a while i will switch to the the dumbbells but i always feel weak doing that and i always feel it in my joints a little bit so i don't know they're both good exercises cable also i would say as far as the tension you want to take that low cable single arm cable get it as far away from the machine as you can till you feel the most tension that's when you start the exercise and it should be across your body so you'll feel even more tension. And again, because they're isolation exercises, it, you know, whatever floats your boat. I mean, twelve pounds. If you, if yeah, I mean, because it, you've done all the meat, and, the meat and potatoes have been eaten. Yeah. Right. You've done all the heavy work, and now it's time to hone in. And it's like, okay, fine. I mean, if you can isolate the muscle better with the machine, please have at it. Particularly when you're doing. Set to 12, oh, my God. I mean, your muscles are on fire at 8. Yeah, especially with the yeah. cable because the the resistance oh. arc is constant compared to, oh. like, a dumbbell where you kind of lose the weight the higher yes. you go, you know, depending on how high you go. But you're kind of working with gravity where the cable machine takes the gravity out of it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I really like, and if you're going to do the dumbbell, I like dumbbell single arm. You're holding on to a to a pole, mm-hmm. you know, or a power rack, and then just sing. I just get bored. But do you listen to music? Uh, if I if I have a, so I'm training with my kid now. I don't listen to music. No, I'm not talking. If I'm about by it. myself. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's what I do. I like 
if I was like a bodybuilder doing sets of 12, <laughs> I would like get really into some really good music and just like, you know, you do a set of 12, rest a minute, do another yeah. set of 12, rest a minute, and you just burn out until you just roll on to the next one and the next one and the next one. Right. And, you know, eventually you're done for that day, right? Yeah. You know, the one um, caveat about the lateral raises, if you're doing a lot of incline work and a lot of benching, you probably don't need the front raise. Uh, but I would say the rear raise and the lateral raise are pretty much, are pretty essential. And again, if you're a bodybuilder, where, where, where do you suck, right? Where do you need help? Right. I mean, maybe you're narrow. Well, if you're narrow, you better get on those damn sad side laterals like Larry Scott, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, when you're doing a lot of pressing, you're getting a lot of front delts. Of I course. think the press is a great, uh, overall thickness shoulders traps uh the triceps the triceps is the best tricep movement of all at the top that's the whole deal right and then you say okay now i'm going to really isolate the side delt the rear delt yeah yeah. if you're done if if i'm training somebody and they do tons of rowing we're not going to do a whole lot of rear delts two or three sets no no they'll, they'll you know what they'll have good rear delts if they're a good rower yeah well that's right Able rows too. That's right. What about arms? Ooh, love arms. I mean, you know, I like the easy curl bar. Why not? The barbell, it wrecked. You know, I used to do heavy. It's probably, it was me, not the bar, because I used to do, you know, 175 to 225 cheek curls. Oh, yeah. And that, I remember my elbows just throbbing, my biceps and elbows just <laughs> Right, I was like, oh, no, I'm gonna do some more, you know, because a lot of Barbarian Brothers were doing it. I got a picture of Arnold doing it. You know? Well, Schwarzenegger's single favorite arm exercise was the barbell cheat curl. Yeah, I just never, you know, until I just slowed everything down. So I, you know, I love easy curl, but but I would say number one, JP would be a dumbbell, a dumbbell or a preacher curl. Um, the good thing about the preacher curl is that it takes the shoulder out of there. So you'll see guys, they start to bring that shoulder forward. They start to bring that when they're doing curls and it starts to get hard. You got to keep your shoulders back, man. When That's you're doing right. Curls. Now, when you're doing preacher curls, you can't cheat. I'm using 20s. I'm using 20s in the dumbbells, man. I love the preacher curl. A lot of times yeah. I'll do it to hit the inside of the bicep. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll kind of lean into the pad a little bit and keep my elbow yeah. in and twist out as I come down and really feel that inner bicep like I'm hitting a bicep. That's right, because you feel it in real time. Right. But on the uh, easy curl, like you were saying, you know, it's, 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 the bar is bent so that you're, it actually alleviates the pressure in your, in in the, the torquing in your wrists. Right. And two, it uh, helps isolate the outer bicep. So, um, those are two, but, but the isolation you get from the preacher curls. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can, it's again, take the ego out of it because on that, if you're doing it right, you're not going to do a whole lot of weight, but the pump you will get and just the, the overall, uh, stress that you're placing on the bicep, you're taking everything else out of it, the front delt, everything. It's a great exercise. You know, on all this stuff, if you can really stabilize first, then you're going to be able to execute the exercise better. So when you're, you're going when to you're be able to isolate better. Yeah, your 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 
stabilize on those preacher curls. You're not going anywhere, right? You know, your feet are flat. Um, you're pushing your you're pushing your upper arm. You're driving your elbow into the bench. You know, you're driving your shell your shoulder down, and now it's all bicep. Any of the, in any of the brace storm movements. My favorite brace storm movement is the spider curl, which oh, is your ninety your body. You're at, no, you're at 90 degrees. It's your pad. You've got your pad, but you're at okay. 90 degrees. And, you know, you know, so, and then the preacher's a little different. The whole, the whole deal is that it takes the momentum. Any kind of padded curl takes the momentum out of the equation. Right. And the only thing that can move the poundage is, is the bicep. Yeah. Marty, is that where you're actually laying flat on no, a no, bench? No, no, no. It's like, no, you're just... It's just if just you a, lean over and you're at 90 degrees right. and the bar is hanging below you and it just puts the stress. Whereas the preacher's at what's that? That's like a reverse 45. You know, this is just a straight down angle and uh, it's easy at the start and hard at the top. Where mm. the preacher is very hard at the start, but easier at the top. Yeah. Can I see the difference? There's a great picture I saw. I also I also use steep incline curls, and you guys have seen me use that with our boys in uh, DevCom, and it's just like it's a steep incline, and I hold their elbows back as they yep. do them. Yep. And just nothing but bicep, and they're going like uh, with like twenty fives. Now that can also be a really good uh, inner bicep exercise if you keep those elbows in it, and kind no, of bring it out. No, it depends on whether you keep the elbows in. It's inner. If you supinate at the top, it's outer. Yeah. We make the distinction. What are we doing before the set? That's right. We're in are control. We doing inner, are we doing inner or outer? Right. If it's inner, you've just done an incorrect rep. Let's go. Cables are great. It, everybody wants to move the elbows forward and you pull the elbows back. And in doing that, it's like puts the biceps at the maximum disadvantage. That's what all isolation movements are about. Let's put whatever the targeted muscle is at maximum disadvantage and go from there. Right. right? Make it as hard as possible, but on that specific muscle to the exclusion of its neighbors. That's right. On that note, why don't we move into intensity enhancers? <laughs> okay. This is one of my favorites. I mean, and we're we're kind of talking about that right now anyway. Just uh let's talk about all the intensity enhancers that that we can do for the different exercises and and different uh muscle groups. All right, well, let's uh what do you want to start with? Well, um Let's see. You know, I, yeah. How about I, I, rep speed first of all? I mean, that's an intensity enhancer. Well, let's, let's use uh, let's use lateral raises for an example. Okay. okay. So you're doing a set of lateral raises. You're coming to failure where you can't get it up to parallel. Yep. My next, if you have a great partner, I don't want a shitty spot. That's the thing that'll make me take a dumbbell and brain somebody with it. <laughs> Is I like that word brain. Partner, I haven't heard that in a while. If you got a great yeah, brain, you, you haven't been on the East Coast in a while. And they just, you know, they just they just come around your forearms, wrist, just give you a little bit at the top. If you would watch Leroy Davis, spot Dorian on his laterals, that's how you do it, right? Um, 
and you know, so that so that'll be it. If you don't have the partner and able to do force reps, that's when I would do partials when I can't get it all the way up. So it'd be like a three quarter, then it'd be a half, then it'd be like six inches for like five reps. And usually in my head, I'll say, all right, 10 more reps, 10 more reps. No matter how you're going to do this, you got to get 10. So 10, you know, even if it's a few inches, man, you talk about pushing through the burn. Then, um, then at that point, he moves to the left two feet, grabs 20 pounds less, and repeats it. Another great way to add intensity. Um, the drop sets, yep. the inhumane, never-ending drop sets. If you're a bodybuilder, you, I mean... It's excruciating, right, Jim? I mean, you yeah. just you set your. It's like setting yourself on fire from the yeah. inside. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Another thing you can do is, let's say you get to twelve and you're at failure, and you still don't. You know, you, you want to add some more intensity. Cheat, cheat that up. Lower oh. it. Slowly. Cheat it up. Lower it slowly. You know. Um, yeah. right. Make sure rest- everything before that is pristine. Yeah. Exactly. I love rest pause. So rest pause would be you go to failure, you know, you're at 12, you set them down, count slowly to 10 or five or whatever. Then you got five more reps, then do it again, then do it again. You still got that. Now you're now you've added the intensity and look how long that, you know, how many reps you're getting in that short period of time. And are you a man or a girl? You know, that's what I used to do on calves. I used to go, okay, I'm going to sit down and do calves on the, uh, the leg press, put my feet on the edge. And what and you know I'd I'd go with a light weight and the first one I'd probably do you know twenty twenty five reps, right? You'd burn it out. You'd set it down and just like you're saying, you wait about ten seconds, yeah. fifteen seconds maybe. You hit it again and you just do that about five six times yeah. until you can't walk anymore. You get up and like you need a cane or somebody to yeah. help you out to your car. That to me was the definition of a really good calf workout. Yeah. And you could do rest pause with your main lifts too. I mean, squats not so much, but the bench press you could definitely do it with. You know, what I like is the, um, and wh- whether you're talking about the bench or the squat or or anything, the uh, the grind speed. Yeah. And we always talk about you know everybody's trying to make things easier and easier, and you see all these gimmicks and contra- contraptions and machines and stuff like that. <laughs> But when you break down a lift and you take a simple lift like a like a bench press or a squat and you come down slow, you take advantage of that negative, come down slow, pause at the bottom and then come out, come out of the hole just grinding. No explosion, just grind. I'll tell you, you could feel every little muscle fiber in your pecs or your quads or whatever and of course you have to again with the ego you got to set that aside uh because you ain't going to be using a lot of weight doing that um right so you usually cut would you say maybe for something like that you cut your weight in half maybe that you usually work out with it's a good starting point and then yeah. it's easy bump it up yeah but full stretch full range of motion take the explosion yeah. out come up squeeze now, at the top full okay but out. But be aware that there are three separate and distinct rep speeds. There is the slow or the grind rep speed, purposely slowed. There's the regular rep speed, which is what normal people do. You know, you just, you don't think about it. You just rep. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's the explosive 
rep speed, which is like purposefully fast, right? And in our world, it's a controlled eccentric with an explosive concentric, okay? So you, those are the three, and you should have a definitive idea which of the three rep speeds am I going to use before every set, right? Right. What, one, am I, what is my rep speed going? I'm, I'm going to use the purposeful grind. Well, let's stay mindful of that. Yeah. And what you're always saying and reminding us about the, the slow rep speed is you don't want to slow it down too much. Is no. that right? No, because then you, you compromise the payload to an unacceptable degree. <laughs> like, That's a great way to put it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Other intensity enhancers, right? Uh, pauses, right? Pause the weight. You know, the whole world is touch and go, right, Jim? Yeah. So yeah. all of a sudden it's like, you know what? We're going to pause the benches at the bottom. We're going to pause our inclines at the bottom. We're going to pause our squats at the bottom. Oh, my God, right? And you take that uh, out of it, and it introduces an element of control, right, in difficulty. That's what an, an intensity enhancer is. How do we increase the difficulty? What can we do to make it harder? Right. Everyone else is seeking ways to make things easier. We're like, nah, what can we do to make it harder? Because when the deal goes down, when it's time for competition, whatever it is, those, I mean, we've been making it harder. All of a sudden, we can just go regular. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, um, you make practice a bit so the game is easy. Oh, they, perfect. So, so, so that's the whole deal. So pauses, that's a great intensity enhancer, right? Um, what else? How much rest between sets, right, Jim? I mean, you. I mean, what if you say I only am going to allow uh, thirty seconds rest yeah. between sets? Yeah. If you okay. have a partner, you're like, okay, today we're going to do I go, you go. Right. That's, your, that's it. You put that dumbbell down. I got the dumbbells in my hands. Yeah. I'm already. I'm already started right when you set it down. Um, you know, or if you're training by yourself, that's right. I'll. I'll say. Okay, I'm only going to take I'm going to take short rest today. The water fountain is, you know, 12 feet away or whatever. Walk to the water fountain back, grab the dumbbells. Walk to yeah. the water fountain back, grab the dumbbells. What is a typical rest period for you guys though? A oh, minute, more, two minutes. I, I thought, you know, uh, I had occasion to have conversations with Lou Ferrigno, mm. and it wasn't a lot of takeaway but one thing that he said that really did stick with me was he said you know he said marty said i tell my people that i train i said get your breath back and then take one more minute i was like ah, i love that mm. it's like yeah that, that normal yeah right. i take a couple of minutes yeah. if i go too if i go too soon i just lose too much strength I have to get. I have to recuperate a little well, don't bit. Don't go too soon. Yeah, I, I think it's a. I, I think there's an adaptation. Well, I know there's an adaptation to it. Sure. So yes, there is. When I start training these online people, I'm like, okay, you're taking 30 seconds. I don't care about the weight. You're taking 30 seconds. The first couple of weeks, they're like, oh my god, I'm dying. How do you do this? I'm using fives in the curls. Pretty soon, it starts to climb back up and climb back up. Oh, you're putting uh, them in shape. You're you're injecting a cardiovascular element 
within lifting. Bill Pearl once told me, he said, Marty, he said, from the time I start my weight training session till the time I finish two hours later, my heart rate never goes below 120. Sometimes yeah. it goes to 180. He said, wow. that's a cardio damn workout. And I said, you're right, Bill. And he said, I don't need to do no damn cardio. And I said, yeah. Already said body part. Uh, he's taking two hours a day, six days a week. It sucks. I would just be so bored, man. Well, uh, no, yeah. he's a man, no question. It's, just, it's the personality. Don't you think that's a personality thing? Don't well, you think it's also the era they came up in? They were just, I mean, there's no, I, in fact, I think I wrote an article about this recently. I saw Bill put a guy through a workout one time and it was the full enchilada. Of course, the guy couldn't use any kind of weight at all, but I mean, it took forever. Um, I think we were, I think we were doing chest, shoulders, biceps and triceps. And it took, for a beginner, this guy was a stone beginner, and it took uh, an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. And he went through, like, four exercises for, you know, it was like, it just went on and on and on and on and on. It was just like one extra, and it was all, like, four to five sets of six reps. Yeah. Now, at no time did the trainee ever extend. The goal was to get over the finish line an hour and 45 minutes later yeah yeah to finish the session and it was like to me it was like okay and he said now you need to do this three times a week <laughs> oh my god what and then they had another routine that covered the other body parts and that was the same an hour and a half three times a week it was yeah. like but i have a life to live <laughs> right? yeah, i just hit that nail on the head one time <laughs> When do I do this, right? I mean, you know, and then I go to Hugh Cassidy's and we're training twice a week or go to Mark Chalet's and we're training twice a week. At Chalet's Thursday session took, I don't know, uh, an hour and five minutes. And these were the top deadlifters in the world. Right? <laughs> and it was just like, okay, here we go. And they started with 255, 455, 655, 745, you know, like that, right? Like, and if you, you can hang or you can. And if you can't, you go off to the kiddie platform. Yeah. Right? And it's kiddie platform. Oh, they're only pulling up to 700. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So, well, it is a different, different, different league, a different time. Yeah. But, again, these intensity enhancers and a guy like, a guy like Chalet was the first guy to show me the stiff leg deadlift where he kept the bar in contact with his body and he effortlessly did a triple off a 100-pound plate with 835. Jeez. And it was like the one and only time I ever saw him doing it. And he, and he said, yeah, I said, this is a really great exercise. <laughs> I said, what the? Yeah. And, again, the bar stayed in contact with his body the, the yeah. entire time, right? Yeah, it was his version of the stiff leg deadlift. It had a reversed hundred pound and the old school hundred pound deadlift, uh, hundred pound plate, which is really thick. Yeah, with his narrow narrow stance, it was like yeah. okay, yeah, and that's that was it. It was like I'm very tired now. I'm not going to do anymore. It's like, okay, great, Mark. Yeah. See you next week. And, it, and I think he took him five sets. Wow, right, he's done. It's like okay, I'm learning something here. And it was like, that's the first time I've done more than one rep in four years. Wow. He did a triple. 
What's Good your guys' thought on uh, <laughs> cycling intensity enhancers? Should we cycle them? Should we, you know, do them three, four weeks at a time and then back off and not do any? Or should we switch them up every few weeks? That's a good question. I like that. I mean, I talked about this a little bit last week when you when you said what you know how many sets and stuff like that per body part. Yeah. So sometimes I'll do like six to eight sets, and that'd be, uh, you know, a, a light warm up, then a medium weight, and then an all out set. That'd be like dumbbell. It's it's Dorian. It's a Dorian style. Mm. You know, and do that for like two or three exercises. That's it. Or you go, you know, like a five sets of like, then the other time is I'll go five sets of 12 with really short rest. The sets are still to failure, but it's not beyond failure, right? It's just now I can't complete a good rep, right? Where in the other way, it's some force reps, some slow negatives and stuff like that. And I got a lot more to do. Yeah. And, and, you know, I like to think about it like um, you only got eight sets, Jim. You got to train your chest in eight sets today. How intense can you be on those eight sets? And Yeah, and it, it's more feel than poundage. You don't care the poundage. It's the, the feel. Right. right. Are you making the mind-muscle connection? Right. Well, that's so key, man. Well, it's everything. If you're a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. The dumbass power lifters were like, uh, we're just going to lift a lot of weight. And it's like, it's God, so fun, no, man. Just lift them up. They're perfect. Look at them. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. there's really no connection there with the, like you said, the mind muscle connection in powerlifting. But in powerlifting, it's different. So when I, you know, I'm taking the bar off in the squat. Now I'm thinking about my body position. Now I'm yeah. thinking about where's the weight and the, you know, I want it in the middle of my foot. Now I'm, I'm going over the checklist fast in my head, like, butt first, then down, you know, that kind of stuff. Where yeah. It's more like the movement mechanics it's like a, muscle it's mechanics. Like a, it's like a football play, right? Oh, I'm going off right guard with, you know, after I'm taking one step to the left. Yes, yes. Right. It's not like uh, it's right. different with a bodybuilder. Where we go, where you, you would not be taking 900 pounds out and going, now, am I feeling my upper quadriceps? Is my, my fastest? Yeah. Yes. Right. It's all about just getting it up. Yeah, you know, but if you're handling, if you're capable of six hundred and you're handling four hundred, you can be very thoughtful, deliberate. Yeah, and deliberate. And you know what? And, and that could be that's the best for you because you're seeking maximum hypertrophy. Yeah, and in bodybuilding, yeah. I mean. The, the burn really bridges the gap between the mind and the are muscle. You, are you swelling the muscle or not? Yeah. Is the muscle size increasing or not? That's the goal of progressive resistance. Larger, bigger, damn muscles. Diet and nutrition, that's, that's the body fat percentile part of bodybuilding. But progressive resistance is all about can we expand the muscle? Is this strategy getting it right and you have on the one extreme you got guys like bill pearl six days a week these marathon two-hour sessions you know and then you got dorian at the other end and he's essentially working up to a top set in key exercises and those you know and then he gets on with his life and then he does his cardio and you know and moves on but Within those short time periods, he is strong as hell. Yeah. Right? And that's the offsetting 
thing that the volume guys lack. The volume guys, they don't, they don't train heavy. They're more like cardio warriors. I appreciate their effort, but it's a sustained effort. It's right. different than a maximum. How much can we do at approach and it's you know what's it's it's funny because you can tell the way dorian trains by the way he looks uh yes yeah. i would say ronnie coleman would be the same yeah. another dense amazingly dense thick guy who you can just tell can hoist man some hoist some poundages but right you can tell who a pumper you know, to call them pumpers you know that's more like this sarcoplasmic uh, you know, all this junk. Sean, we, we would say Sean Ray. Pumping, right. Or even Phil Heath, you know, I don't yeah. know if you guys. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it's more like a balloon look inflated. versus this grainy, dense, yes. Yes. what the hell is that look? You know, Right, right. And, if, yeah, exactly. And, again, I think that, uh, I think, I think Dorian was, between Dorian and Coleman, and I really do think they were cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie did a little more volume yeah. than Dorian, but, uh, man, he was all about the key core lifts. And you've been to his gym, right, Jim? I met him before. I, I didn't go. Never, well, I met him, too. But you, you I met Oh, man, well, I can taste some sort of, Anyway, so, but you've been to the, the, Metro, the Metroflex? I did go to Metroflex. Not the main one where he goes, but one in Fort Worth, yeah. Well, the one that he goes is not even air-conditioned. No, no, there's this place. It's hardcore. Yeah, right. It's, it's you know, it's, uh, it's uh, like, waiting it's to happen. It's like coming <laughs> to my garage. Yeah. I got, I'm like, you know, it's, it's the kind of gym where you spend 10 minutes looking for the 40-pound dumbbell. Can you imagine that, though? No air-conditioning in Fort Worth? Let me yeah. tell you. You're squatting nice on a hot day. summer day? Oh, As yeah. it were. Hard man, and you know what? There's a boxing ring. They love it. Oh. Great. They eat it up, and that's what keeps the pussies away. Yeah. That's okay. Right. And that, and yeah, that's that that's it, and that's the whole deal. And again, uh, you know, I just think between Dorian had what? How many five five or six Olympias? I can't remember. Six, I think he had. Yeah, six. I thought it was six. And then uh, Coleman had eight. So between them. They had like a 14-year reign, yeah. right, of the powerhouse guys. Yeah. And since then, it's been like, well, uh, I don't know. It's just like uh, yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. a yeah. Still, yeah. Yeah. It's just their muscles look different. It's strange. It's, they it's, are different. Yeah. You know, physio, physio, you can't say to an exercise scientist, um, is that look because they use heavier weights and is that look because they do lighter weights or a lot of, he would, I don't think he would know physiologically why that is the case. But if you look at the bodybuilders and, and the real thick power lifters, the, the Jim Cashes, the Kirks and all that through the years, it's that it's, it's a different kind of muscle growth. Well, of course I know, but the physical, I don't think they know a reason why. Well, it's because they're capable of 900 pounds. (laughs) And that that morphs your damn body. I mean, you're a different human, right? And it's like whether they recognize it or not, Mm. we do. Yeah. Yeah, And we look at it and we go like, these guys are gods on earth. What's going on? And it's like, well, you know, uh, what do you do? I squat on Monday. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Anything else? Uh, not really. Yeah. 
what else do you do? Well, I bench and then I deadlift. Okay. Anything else? Well, so a little bit sometimes. You know, I feel good. But I don't know. I, I do these thingies. One, he, got <laughs> for the, he was doing bench one time and, I, and, I, and he did his bench, his uh, wide grip and his incline. And I said, All right, you going to do some shoulders now? Do you do some shoulders? He goes, Yeah. Oh, God, in that other room over there. And I do these thingies. I swear to God, he said these things. Who said that, Coleman? It's a lateral raise machine. It's Kirk. He said, I do these things. Oh, Kirk. <laughs> lateral raise machine. And he did his elbows like a chicken, you know. <laughs> I was like, oh, the lateral raise. He had a, and then you take him over there and he'd use 300. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, Is this good? Stacey and I came in one day, and he's like curling hundreds, and he looks up, and he goes, hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's doing them strict, right? Yeah, of course. He's like, not even, hey, what's going on? <laughs> hey, good, Cody. All right. Well, that's intensity enhancers. Um, love those. Everybody should do those. All right. Um, so check out Marty's weekly column and podcast raw with marty gallagher at ironcompany.com and learn techniques and tactics proven to build the strongest and most muscular athletes on the planet also pick up uh marty's book purposeful primitive and strong medicine at iron company and you can also check out iron company if you have any upcoming uh strength equipment or gym flooring needs we've got it all you can also check out the new karwaski approved power bar and thousands of other products that we have for powerlifting, bodybuilding, CrossFit, and more. So check us out. And finally, new Jim Steele articles can be found on our article section. He's got a good one. Part one of um, competing for bodybuilding. He just did an NPC show and won first place 50 and over. So uh, he's got part one on there. You can check out the Jim Steele section. Also check out his uh, website, Bass Barbell, and that's B-A-S-B-A-R-B-E-L-L.com for training, motivation, and different programs. Yeah, just real quick, so, you know, we got a bunch of our boys over wherever they are and just want to low, stay safe, keep kicking ass. Yeah. Make sure yeah. you get some freaking workouts in, though. Absolutely, and we'll see yeah. you guys soon. All right, Roger guys, that. thank you very much. Good one. See ya. Thank you. All right, bye.